0: Get Lit Welcome back to Get Lit, the literary podcast where we discuss famous works of literature and the authors who wrote them. I am your host, Steph Spars, here with um, my rather questionable co-pilot.
1: I got us here, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only got lost <laughs> a little bit. Yep. (laughs) John Stricker.
0: Um, And we are here recording from the Iowa Writers House, which is an outstanding and extraordinarily beautiful house in the heart of Iowa City um, that helps authors um, curate, cultivate relationships, network, create, and write. Um, And we feel really lucky to be here, um, not only staying, but also recording.
1: You can stay here, too. It's an Airbnb, so that's how they help supplement the uh, workshops that they provide. It was also the home of the first female mayor of Iowa City, which is pretty cool.
0: And the first female I think in the United States as well.
1: That's pretty crazy. Which is
0: awesome. Um, So definitely take a look at this wonderful organization and um, support the work that they do because Um, They're not only helping maintain the wonderful legacy and history of Iowa City, but also fostering the next generation of talent, uh, which is is really important to do uh, because we need more authors to cover in the future. (laughs) So um, this is an exciting episode because we're kind of collaging together um, a series of moments from our, our tour of Iowa City, which... Um, you guys know that we've talked about in the past being a UNESCO City of Literature. Um, and so as a result, we've taken a bunch of little postcards, audio postcards from around the city. Um, and in addition to talking about our author this week, we have a few little collage moments to include for you. Uh, so we're really looking forward to getting those uh, incorporated on um, sites. Um, so I think that's what that's what we've got. Mm-hmm. And let's, uh, let's take these folks on a tour. Let's go. So we're starting this week um, with a writer named Paul Engel, who I think, um, at least kind of before starting to investigate this a couple weeks ago, um, hadn't really heard of him. I'd heard of him as a poet, but that was all I knew about him.
1: Same. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I knew that he was connected to the Iowa Writers' Workshop in some way, mm-hmm. and that uh, he was running it when Vonnegut was here. But that's all I knew about him.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of explore his backstory um, and collage those postcards within. So um, he was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, his full name is Paul Hamilton oh. Angle, um, and he was born on October twelfth, nineteen oh eight, making him a Libra. How charming. We don't actually, haven't heard from a lot of Libras yet either, but like hearing about his story, I feel like definitely the way that he conducted um, business and relationships is highly indicative of Libra. Anywho, so his parents were um, Thomas Allen, who was a livery stable owner and sold livestock, um, and his mother, Evelyn. And um, he's born and um, really gets his literary kind of taste shaped by the small town life that he had um so his family owns a small farm outside of Marion, Iowa which isn't too far away um and his influences I think in his poetry are beautifully crafted in the way that they observe um and reflect small town life which is really remarkable
1: um and another like midwestern writer right yes Let's so. add
0: him to the list. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. We're really... not biased. Oh, no, we are. Okay, we're totally biased to <laughs> so Midwestern authors. Yeah. Um, he definitely, uh, I think, reflects some of the similar values. Um, and so he worked a bunch of different sort of odd jobs growing up, but one influence that he had um, he was a soda jerk at a drugstore for seven years as he um, was a young adult. Um, And this drugstore also carried literary journals, which was fantastic. And the man um, that owned the drugstore actually allowed him to read the journals and write when there weren't any customers that he was helping. So he got his start um, out of a drugstore and kind of that. I think the only experience that I have in my brain of Soda Jerk is It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty close. Yep. (laughs)
0: Um, So I just have very, like, charming...
1: Yeah. It's like an Americana kind of story. Like, you go in there, Mm -hmm. I'd like to fizzy, you know, cherry pop sodas, please. And then he's, like, puts down the literary journal and his essay that he's been writing. And then he goes (laughs) and he pours you a soda and then you just keep going on with your life.
0: Yes. um, So he gets his start writing even that early. And uh, he then goes on to co-college where he receives um, his B.A., Um, and then goes to this place called the University of Iowa um, for their kind of new and interesting writing program, a creative writing thesis program, and Mm -hmm. receives his MA from there. Um, In 1932, he receives the Yale Series of Younger Poets Award, um, and he publishes his collection of poetry called Worn Earth. Um, So he really, you know, is wholly invested in writing and I think a lot of people, especially people from Iowa City who know and understand Paul Engel and his legacy, they think of his accomplishments around writing before they think of his actual writing. But I think worth noting that he did indeed win awards for his actual writing as well. Right. Um, So then he goes on to begin his doctoral work at Columbia University, and then while he's there, receives a Rhodes Scholarship, so he goes to study at Oxford um, and earns a second MA over in England. Hello experiences. Yes. That's like my dream trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> really Not of those like universities specifically, but just the idea that look how much education exists out there.
1: And you get to travel. So and it's like both.
0: Very cool. Um, so he comes home um, in 1936. He marries um, Mary Nomi Neeson. Um, and they go on a really romantic honeymoon in the Soviet Union. Of course. (laughs) Honey, where would you like to go? Paris? No. The Soviet Soviet Union. (laughs) Union, Which at the time is still the Soviet Union. So um, he writes, inspired by his travels, um, a really long poem called Russia, and uh, actually kind of examines the Bolshevik Revolution and the things that he saw while he was honeymooning in the Soviet Union. Um, They have two daughters, Mary and Sarah. And then when they're back and they kind of establish their lives, um, Paul returns and takes a position at the English department um, at the State University of Iowa, which, I no, Iowa State University, okay. Um, and then in 1941, he actually becomes the director of their writer's workshop program. Uh, so a little sidebar about the Writer's Workshop Program. It's founded in 1936, so he's the second person to kind of take over it mm. um, from a man named Wilbur Schramm, who was responsible for really organizing it and codifying it as a legitimate program at the university. Um, fun flashback to our Susan Bell episode. Um, her husband, George Cram Cook, was the first person to teach what's considered largely by most um, to be the first creative writing, like, class oh, in the country cool. um, called verse-making. Which, early creative writing, I can only imagine, like, you're going to university, and you look at your course catalog, and you come home, and you tell your parents, like, here, Mom and Dad, I'm taking verse-making.
1: Yes, not writing, verse-making.
0: Verse making. It just sounds like one of those things where you would look at the description and be like, what? Yes, <laughs> But anyway, um, so Susan Glaspell is also sort of associated, but this again is in the late 1800s. So really prior to our time here, um, where this was a program that people were really seeking out to come from around the country. So um, uh, Paul returns and he takes over. Um, this program and will run it for the next 24 years and really does remarkable things. And this is, I think, where people really know Engel's work, um, is all of the things that he does. So um, he shapes this program um and brings in all kinds of really really famous poets um obviously if you were even to just google the iowa writers workshop the legacy that's left behind by some of the writers who are featured here including um robert lowell john berryman robert frost um, kurt vonnegut um, philip levine wd snodgrass like Insane. You know, like all of these people Paul is seeking out and connecting with and inviting them to come and teach and lecture and speak and work on new writing and work with these undergraduate and graduate students um, as a part of this program. And I think that cultivation, like what an insane network. It yes. Re- it feels like if you were, I- I'm trying to think of other like points in history that, like really famous people get triangulated together kind of like, like Arthur Conan Doyle and Oscar Wilde, or, um, I can't even think, but like, what are like moments in history where really famous people have come together?
1: Literary or otherwise? Cause I'm thinking like the Manhattan project brings yeah. together, like all of these really famous scientists, right. And just pushes <laughs> them together and it's like, make this thing. And I think this is like a similar sort of goal with, I think a much more humane outcome
0: yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> what a what a time right. would you rather be in a room of literary people or scientists?
1: Well right, and specifically scientists <laughs> with the goal of like creating an bomb. atomic bomb yes
0: um so anyhow, that's kind of like this um environment that Engel is is shaping, and I found this quote um from kurt vonnegut uh describing engel because they worked together um during their both of their times here obviously um in 1967 vonnegut writes the former head so you know i guess spoiler alert like this comes after he's no longer the head um the former head paul engel is still around is a hayseed clown a foxy grandpa a terrific promoter who if you listen closely talks like a man with a paper (laughs) (laughs) end quote
1: Man, that is classic Vonnegut. Is that
0: not the most Vonnegut thing
1: you've ever it, heard? It truly is. It's just
0: so frank and honest. I don't know. I don't, I guess. Um, so the um, a lot of information that I got comes from this really outstanding documentary, which I would highly recommend people watch, called The City of Literature. And it's put on... Um, Uh, on iowa public television but created by unesco and the university of iowa writers workshop and uh, really gives this beautiful outline of the history and the the literary heritage of the city so obviously engel's writing running this program he's doing all these remarkable things and um along the way his first marriage crumbles much like um, the
1: soviet union later
0: will indeed do so maybe it was just Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um, And he uh, will leave his tenure at the Writers' Workshop. Um, In 1967, he marries a Chinese poet named Hua Ling Nei, and they co-found the International Writing Program, um, also at the University of Iowa, a separate Mm -hmm. program, but one that is still remains very popular and prominent today. And the purpose of this work was to create a network that brought countries... Writers from all around the world to Iowa City to do their writing and their work and their scholarship, Um, but also to put out kind of like this diplomatic relationship between the United States and the and the artists here and the other countries. Um, And this is actually so influential that um, Engel and Twalling were nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1976. Wow! Right, like remarkable.
1: And it's still going strong today, this yes. program. We visited yes. the uh, the house where a lot of the mm-hmm. workshops are still held.
0: So we'll post some pictures of that from our stuff online. Um, I wanted to put in a couple notes about uh, the type of writing that Engel is doing. Um, his poems are very driven, um, and he focuses on a lot of tra- themes of travel um, and allegiance and then family, which obviously I think are these small-town values that get reflected back. Um, in his work and he publishes uh, several um, collections of poetry including American Song in 1934 Poems of pra- poems of Praise sorry Poems and Praise in 1959 um, and he also publishes a children's book along the way oh. um, a full length libretto and then a memoir called A Lucky American Childhood which doesn't actually get published until after his death mm. but he's also an editor of anthologies and poetry and um, so his reach is not only in the literary world, but entrenched around the literary world as well. Um, in 1991, Engel dies actually at Ch- O'Hare Airport oh. in Chicago, which is really close oh, to my. where I live. Yes. Um, and he's on his way to accept an award and he dies in the airport uh. going to Poland. So that's kind of a sad thing. But he he was older, quite older. Um, And clearly, like the legacy and length of his work is something that we still um, see reflected in every square inch of Iowa City today in the writers program. Um, So much so that in 2000, Governor um, Tom Vilsack proclaims that Iowa or sorry that um, in Iowa, October 12th will be Paul Engel Memorial Day, which is his birthday. Obviously. Very cool. Um, so I thought that was kind of a nice sort of like poetic ending <laughs> yes. um, to this poet who had such a beautiful and powerful influence on so many different people, um, not only in the United States, in Iowa City, but around the world as well. Um, so we've seen tons of different things. Our tour with Rachel was awesome. We went to a bunch of different locations. My personal favorite so far has been um, St. Mary's Church, which was Flannery O'Connor's Sanctuary. And we posted a couple pictures of that on our trip. Um, but like, what an extraordinary church. I mean, it's just so beautiful. Um, I don't. I've always sort of been fascinated by churches and church architecture. And this was just like... Freaking bats! It was amazing. I really, really liked it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was. It was definitely a a highlight. I I just liked Mm -hmm. all of the writer, not memorabilia, but plaques and sort of just uh, Mm -hmm. reminders around the city of all the people that have come through here. And I think much of the reason is because of Paul Engel. And so Mm -hmm. again, like Stephanie said, every square inch of Iowa City is now marked with the words of the writers that he helped bring here and Mm -hmm. it's it's his legacy i think that's why iowa city is a unesco world literary Site. site
0: yes and so to add on the things that john's talking about um there's something called the literary walk which is in sort of the main downtown area of iowa city and there are different plaques that have been beautifully designed Um, that also include quotes from all kinds of famous writers, including Tennessee Williams, Kurt Vonnegut, my girl, Susan Glassbell. Um, Mm -hmm. They pulled a quote from Allison's house that I really liked. Um, Flannery O'Connor, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So everywhere you walk, you can look down and you can see these really amazing plaques. Um, So we've had just like a really amazing time. And I think to kind of further that, um, we'd love for you to hear some postcards from Iowa City. This is a postcard uh, from our Get Lit Tour to Iowa City. We're sitting here right now in the Rising Together protest in print exhibit at the University of Iowa's main library and just wanted to send um, our readers and listeners a little postcard um, from our travels and So I think if you have the opportunity to come see this exhibit, if you're anywhere near Iowa City, I would recommend it. It's a beautiful collage of protest work in the form of pamphlets and posters and texts and art creation and material as... um, I guess like print as as material studies. Um, These aren't all books as we traditionally think of them. And I think um, the thing that I'm really sort of meditating on right now is how much uh, literature can truly be a form of protest. I spoke with Jamie um, when we did our Melville episode about literature um, and specifically Moby Dick as sort of a protest novel um, or one that stirs up Ideas and and concepts that are counter to what popular belief is and how um, I'm kind of thinking about how many other forms of literature that we read can really serve for people as a touchstone as a conversation starter Um, And I think this exhibit has really sort of demonstrated how powerful the written word in any form regardless of what it's on a book or otherwise can be
1: I agree with you Stephanie, and I think the interesting aspect of this exhibit in particular is the melding of text and the artwork that we Mm -hmm. see because all of these pieces around us are presented almost in a gallery style Mm -hmm. so it's nothing that you have more than three or four paragraphs max to connect with the piece unlike most of the literature and novelists that we study Mm -hmm. um and so they have to write and make their art in shorthand to get the message that they mm-hmm. want you... And it's not its not even the complete message, but rather something to inspire you to seek more information or act further. Mm-hmm. And the way that they pair the visual media, print media, with the messages and the words they put on the poster, the different ways they find of doing that is, is very interesting. And uh, I think because these pieces span such a large swath of time. Mm-hmm. It, it's clear that different things were effective at different times and for different audiences. And it's sort of interesting to think who would have seen this piece? How would this have tried to inspire someone who is a part of the movement or was the one that the movement was targeting? So I think that's sort of an interesting thing to, mm-hmm. to look at while going through this exhibit.
0: So we're going to continue on. We have several more stops that we're really looking forward to um, but just wanted to post this little postcard for you um, of one of our experiences in uh, protest and print so thank you for listening tuning in and for always keeping it lit another postcard for you get lit listeners this is john and i at the hamburg number two Uh, Which is an iconic staple in Iowa City, mostly actually for its political involvement Uh, There have been lots of political figures that have been here over the years including um, Barack Obama and Elizabeth Warren uh, Which is very exciting, but we just wanted to send out um, a Little piece of Iowa culture for you. We just tried the pie high shake apple pie high pie Yes the high pie the high pie it's very delicious would would recommend would recommend 10 out of 10 so we're um just getting off of our lit tour and can't wait to talk a little bit about that thank you so much to um unesco and rachel for giving us an awesome tour um, an opportunity to see some pretty cool things around the city so we'll sign off for now but thank you for tuning in and for keeping it lit Here's another postcard um, from Iowa City. We are standing at 209. Lynn Street um, right downtown and um, we're at the site of currently a restaurant called Bricks but was the original site of Grace and Ruby's um, which was a women's only private club and restaurant from 1976 to 1978 and we heard about this on our tour uh, yesterday and we're so excited to come back to it because when we heard the story we were like they need to know. Yes. Um, so here's the story of Grace and Ruby's. Um, it was established uh, for any woman over the age of 10 um, who could become a member. They would pay 50 cents and learn the bylaws and the rules, and they could come use the restaurant. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> women can't have anything nice. So Sorry. Um, that's fine. Well, thank you for apologizing. We appreciate it. <laughs> Um, it was quite controversial because of the discrimination that was occurring against men at the time, you know?
1: It's too real. Okay. Our struggle is real.
0: Careful, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they um they were talking, you know, the community was talking about the um, membership policies being discriminatory, and um, there's a quote from a 1976 issue of Dyke Quarterly that was reporting um, on this case, and the quote is, Meanwhile, back in Iowa City, Grace and Ruby's restaurant is still alive, kicking, and struggling to get out from under, while the city's new mayor, a woman, instructs the Human Relations Commission to investigate the legality of the restaurant's policy of refusing membership and admittance to men. The outcome of this investigation is unknown, but if it takes the commission as long to investigate Grace and Ruby's as it does to investigate sex discrimination in employment claims, the restaurant will be around for a number of years, no matter what the outcome. Savage Stephanie (laughs) Amazing End quote Um, (laughs) Before we said that Um, So I also wanted to highlight a moment With um, an author Or student at the time The Iowa's Writers Workshop Named T.C. Boyle Who was like Obsessed with this restaurant In like an unhealthy And kind of agitating way Um, So he publishes a short story called The Women's Restaurant that takes place kind of around and in his fascination with Grace and Ruby. So, John, would you mind reading this quote from his story?
1: I will. So uh, this is from the man that's obsessed about it in the short story, uh, and this is happening in his head. There are times at home... Fish poached, pot scrubbed, my mind gone blank when suddenly it begins to rise in my consciousness. A sunken log heaving to the surface. A woman's restaurant. The injustice of it. The snobbery. The savory, dark, mothering mystery. What do they do in there?
0: End quote. (laughs) like bro how about you get over yourself for five seconds and why do you care i just i couldn't so we wanted to kind of point out um another element of activism amongst the community of iowa city and um the writers workshop kind of still being involved in that so this is hopefully a beautiful commemoration um of grace and Ruby's
1: and the strong feminists of iowa city
0: yes please remember please tell the stories um and as always like the these amazing ladies keep it lit yes so thank you so much listeners um, for tuning in and for hearing our adventures in iowa city and all of the amazing things that we got to see here we would highly recommend um, a weekend trip if you have the opportunity to get out here to do that to see some of the things that we did um, so thank you for your support um, for listening in and for always keeping it lit